Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. I'm really excited to share this episode of the High Performance Health Podcast with you. I'm joined by the UK's leading biohacker, Tim Gray, who is well known for his detailed tracking of over 35 biomarkers per day. Tim is a key influencer in the global health space and is the CEO and founder of the first ever Health Optimization Summit in London this September, and is bringing together the best from the biohacking fitness, nutrition, preventative and functional medical worlds, including the father of biohacking, Dave Asprey. I think you'll really enjoy this interview and gain lots of value from it as Tim shares a ton of wisdom on hydration, grounding, and the fundamentals of how, as an overachiever, you can biohack optimal health as part of a high-performance lifestyle, even if you live in the center of a big city like London. I am super excited to be here today with Tim Gray, who is um, a very successful business person, but also a biohacker and health optimizer. Tim has um, had many successful companies in the digital marketing space. Um, he had the first um, hyperbaric oxygen um, therapy center in London, and he's a huge um, influencer in the field of biohacking. Uh, he shares a very similar personal journey to me where he was pushing himself extremely hard and not really hitting the fundamentals of health. Um, which he's now got really well dialed in. And so I'm very excited to have him here and share his wisdom with you. Um, Tim, would you like to introduce how you went from being very um, sick to where you are today? Sure. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I've always been a 200 mile an hour business guy. And um, what I put in my body, I didn't really care about. It was about the output without realizing what you put in it determines the output ultimately. Um, there's only so long that your body can go on for it where you abuse it. Most, I mean, 16, 18 hour days with not much hydration or not decent hydration um, and not putting quality food or getting sunlight or any grounding in any of these things in place. I just got to the point where it was the straw that broke the camel's back and my body couldn't continue anymore and I just got super ill and going from being a, from what other people call me a high achiever, a high performer, very high performer, I'd say. Um, to not being able to leave the house and the immune system not working properly and just getting iller and iller and iller and iller and needing more and more and more antibiotics and things like that. Okay, great. And um, in terms of kind of getting into those fundamentals, I like to kind of break it down in terms of um, having a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. If we look first at as a, as a high achiever, as you say, you kind of want to go, go, go. Um, and I think, um, I know from my own experience, when you're in your 20s, you can almost get away with it. For so long until it starts to um, catch up with you but in terms of a high performance brain um, what can you share is the best techniques that you found to optimize that for the for the mind specifically um, well one is if you're at 200 miles an hour and you're shooting all over the place and not necessarily calming your thoughts then that's one thing because you're always in a state of panic I think obviously the typical one at the moment is meditation um it really draws you in to take you into the shower moment i would call it it's like when you're in the shower where the best ideas come to because you're only focusing on washing but your mind wanders as a result and you have some real epiphany moments oh well, meditation does give you that as well by calming the mind and bringing you back to a baseline um, after having a crazy day so one thing is obviously uh, sorting that another one is obviously the 
other areas such as hydration or um, having the right enzymes breaking down the proteins that you're eating, which obviously fuels mental clarity and things. There's also nootropics, um, which are smart drugs, and I don't mean the legal ones. I mean, you know, some of the basics like anoracetam, phenylparacetam, oxyracetam, and all these things, which are um, work on the way that the brain uses choline so it can it can help the brain switch on. So there's a very, there's a whole host of things actually that you can do to get the brain firing correctly. The most basic ones are usually the best because they're the fundamentals. And so um, I know as well, I've heard you speak before about how you kind of realized that you were biohacking and sort of dive deep into it um, by actually trying out the brain, the Bulletproof Brain Octane Oil. And that's something you still use, is it, in the morning in terms of enhancing mental clarity? So I use my Bulletproof Coffee every day um, and I, I vary it between different concoctions of Bulletproof Coffee. One thing that never changes is the coffee and the butter. And I always blend those two in. Sometimes I use basic coconut oil. Sometimes I use the C8 oil, the brain octane oil from Bulletproof, um, as well as various other MCTs I like to test as well. Um, but I like to vary it. I don't like to do one thing too much. And that one thing that never changes is the Bulletproof coffee <laughs> with the butter. The other things I put in, things like collagen as well, really good collagen peptides specifically. Um, and take that with the proteolytic enzymes to break down the amino, break, break down the collagen into its amino acids so your body can utilize it properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like. I think collagen actually works really, really well in coffee because it dissolves and you can't actually tell it's there. Even in black coffee, mm -hmm. a good collagen powder works. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's the that kind of first thing that you do in terms of the nootropics that you've mentioned. Are they things that you would take on a regular basis, or more when you are kind of particularly? hard charging um, and going through a busy period? Um, at one point I was having to use them nearly every day because I just felt like my brain was too foggy. And um, getting the hydration down is a key element to fixing that. Um, and other health things such as gut issues also helps with mental clarity. I found the thing that put me over the edge from going from cloudy thinking most of the time to having pretty clean thinking was actually proteolytic enzymes i noticed a significant shift within two or three days of adding those in of how the brain came back alive even more so and previously i guess i was gone in in stages from being very foggy to to pretty clear i've gone first of all i had um brain fog completely and i couldn't even work things out and i used to have to ask my team when they asked me a question i'd be like what do you think and, and see what they suggested to me and then go, yeah, that's a great idea. So I'd use like crowdsourcing of my staff to answer many questions, which I got away with for a couple of years, at least like that. Um, and then trying new tropics nearly every day, but because of choline deficiency, I'd get headaches from using things like anoracetam. I then um, tried hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which I'm, I'm quite well known for, um, because when I tried that, my brain came back alive and really woke me up because obviously if the, the brain is starved of oxygen it won't perform i will either will the body hyperbaric oxygen therapy gets more oxygen intercellular which means that the body and the brain can perform better my brain came back alive so i love that which is why i opened a hyperbaric clinic in london um a few years back because i just loved it so much and it was an expensive thing to have um so instead of just spending money every session i thought i'd open a clinic and and me, that meant that I could have access to it as much as I needed, which was great. Um, 
Then there was um, hydration side of things and mineralization, which obviously plays into electrolytes and how the brain works and um, also uh, around oxygen transportation around the body as well. So hydration with the right minerals is absolutely critical in this piece. And then the, high, um, the ketogenic diet was another one that worked very, very well. Uh, that, that's because obviously it's a more efficient fuel. It's not necessarily something you can be on forever. But I noticed that when I was ketogenic, in the ketogenic state, um, my brain would be at mental clarity like 90 to 95%. I was very, very happy with it. When I had hyperbaric oxygen therapy as well, it was like 99.9% clarity I felt like limitless and if i then stacked uh, anoracetam or a smart drug on top of that it made no difference at all um, anoracetam would take me from 90 to 95 and i would need something on top of that so it really shows how you've got to make the, the get the building blocks in right first for mental clarity and that's the basics so i would now say that sleep obviously is the most critical thing to that because you only have to be starved of sleep for one night to have the worst mental clarity or zero mental clarity um, and hormones all over the place and emotions all over the place, ketogenic diet, hydration, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and smart drugs. Like, if you get those things right, then you know, you're know you going to be on fire and be a seriously high performer, which is how I can you know, often perform pretty much from the moment I wake until the moment my head hits the pillow every day um, with very few down days. There's so much there that I want to kind of dive into kind of slowly, if that's okay, like take them um, bit by bit. So first of all, in terms of you mentioned the hyperbaric oxygen. Now, for somebody that can't get to a clinic, what is the fastest way that they can ensure sufficient oxygen, oxygen delivery to their cells? What kind of breathing techniques or things can they do, for example, at work? Um, are there techniques that you use in terms of centering yourself as well and getting those effects? At work, it's easy, actually. It's very, very easy. Focus on getting a good night's sleep. That's prep. Um, again, I always talk about this aura ring. I track my sleep. Um, it's almost gamification of your sleep to make sure that you do get good sleep. And it's not subjective of going, how do I feel? You know, Because if you say, how do I feel? You might have had 10 hours sleep, for instance, and still wake up feeling crappy. Well, you can look at the data and go, well, what's my resting heart rate like? What's my heart rate variability like? How much deep sleep do I have? How much REM sleep do I have? And then you can kind of plot that to see how you, you feel subjectively against the data, and then you get a better gauge of where you actually are. So sort your sleep out um, on a nightly basis. That will line you up for a good day at work. Wake up and have a glass of water with some minerals in it, um, a, a teaspoon or half a teaspoon of Himalayan rock salt for the electrolytes not using a metal spoon, of course, but using a plastic spoon to stir it would also mean that you're hydrated well at the beginning of the day, meaning you could drink normal water through the day without so many minerals in it, which would help keep your brain firing. After midday, one o'clock, if you're sitting in an, uh, an office with um, strict lights, uh, opposed to um, burning lights, then obviously use blue blocking glasses. And I always recommend RAR optics on those blue blocks as well. Um, to cut out the blue junk light, which can obviously stop you producing melatonin in the evening, which means that you can sleep better if you do inhale that. Um, you can get yourself a, mat, a, a grounding desk mat, which is what I've actually got right here, um, which connects to the earth socket on the wall, which means that you're earthed out um, connecting with the earth. And while that sounds woo-woo, as I always say, it's actually very specific science behind it. You know, you're getting negative electrons from the earth, which reduces inflammation in the body which is how we were supposed to be originally is connected to the ground the whole time, opposed to sitting in rubber shoes on a wooden floor 
with concrete between us and the, and the soil. So there's a few very basic things that you can do there. Also, not to throw loads of sugary food down your throat for breakfast, um, which obviously fuels certain different types of yeast in the gut, depending on what antibiotics you've had or if you've been on the um, contraceptive pill, which is commonly known as candida. That also causes brain fog and you can get sugar crashes in the afternoon as a result. Whereas if you have a high fat breakfast, like an avocado with some uh, olive oil on it, and uh, some hemp oil and uh, something like that, then you're fueled with good fats for the day. And then you can, you know, obviously be pro productive throughout the day very well. And I think the, the, the true high performers that I know and some of the most successful people I've met have similarities in these, in their daily routines like that. And they, they, they respect their sleep. They really do really respect their sleep. Um, and respect their bodies as well, preventative wise, opposed to just cleaning up the mess afterwards, which I wished I had done. And I wish I was as smart as some of these guys around now in their early twenties that are actually focusing on preventative health um, problems, opposed to clearing up the mess afterwards, which I think is how things will go. So there are, similarities between these smart people that are really high performers and there's similarities between the people that burn out very quickly as i know you can relate to um whether you know they just want to go for it 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 opposed to listening to all the data around them and within them and going what can i do to do both so that's what i think you know. i think sometimes as well i think there's a cultural aspect to it as well i know when i was doing corporate law it was kind of like sleep was really undervalued um at work and even kind of leaving early, it was kind of like leave your jacket on the chair um, because it was you could gun the hardest, really. Particularly as it, when I was at a junior level. I mean, obviously less so once I was running teams. But I think um, I definitely really, really value value sleep. I mean, on that, I similarly track my sleep with the aura. What have you found yourself? Because it's fairly individual in terms of what moves the needle the most. Um, in terms of getting a really good night's sleep for you and having that high readiness score the next day? The single most important thing of all is to get to bed around 11 o'clock. Um, if I go, I know I can gamify it. For instance, if I go to bed at two minutes to midnight, it's a significantly better score than if it's two minutes past midnight. <laughs> Um, so that's one thing. Uh, I mean, that's just Aura's algorithm doesn't necessarily mean I've, I've got better sleep, but it's one of their heuristics or from their data that they obviously see. So I mean, I, I, I say, well, don't go to the absolute to the edge just for the sake of the score. Actually, what's actually feels better when marrying it up with the data. Eleven o'clock is absolutely peak. Whether I do that or not, another every day is another thing because I have a team all around the world. And, um, you know, we're, I think it's seven different time zones we're working in for the summit. So the moment I wake up, I've got an inbox that needs dealing with as well as a task list. And then when I go to bed, I've still got another eight hours from the guys in Cali um, doing work through, through for another eight hours. So it's a very round the clock thing. So my nights are becoming later. Um, at one point, I was going to bed at three or four o'clock in the morning and then getting up at kind of eight or nine o'clock, but making sure that the sleep that I did have was nothing short of incredible or the best I could do it. Um, so the other things that I would put in place for that is obviously a nothing bed sheet, which again connects to the, the neutral in the wall. Although I'm testing not having that at the moment to see how my body responds without it. Um, just because I've heard that with EMFs and 5G and whatnot, then it, it can actually cause issues. So I'm tracking to see what it does to my data. 
at the moment it looks like my resting heart rate is slightly higher as a result of not having the grounding bed sheet on so my body seems to like having the earthing bed sheet connected but with, with the data is the jury is out at the moment so and to speak. Has it affected your HRV, um, apart from the resting heart rate itself not having the earthing sheet does that affect your heart rate variability at all yeah it does yeah yeah i mean i find that my average my lowest is very low as in you know it can be 12 to 30 um and average is you know 40 to 70 and i was finding that my maximum was about 120 um, when i had the earthing bed sheet in but again i i've not got enough data to talk about it from a point of knowledge yet and um, just you know just theory for the moment but i mean i i am seeing I'm seeing some patterns, definitely. I'm also testing another device at the moment, which is called the Soma Vedic, um, which is an EMF harmonizer, apparently. And they talk about how it can improve heart rate variability. Again, I've been testing that for two months, maybe three now, and, um, and have seen some changes in heart rate variability, but there's several moving, uh, changing things that could have account for that so again there's not enough data to to report back for me um the the other most important thing of all um would be if you are going to bed after sunset which we all do that you obviously use your blue blocking glasses to cut out the blue light because that stops us producing melatonin which means we won't sleep as well even if we feel that we sleep for an amount of time certain amount of time is having a blackout blind so if you are in bed and there is any any light coming in at all it will it will keep you partly awake in some form and then when the sunrise comes up then the blue light from the sun will wake you up as soon as it as soon as the sun lands on your skin so that stops you producing melatonin which is why you know you kind of wake up when the sun comes up um thus causing jet lag problems and things like that because you know obviously we're in the circadian rhythm side of things so having a blackout blind if you go to bed after sunset is important because if the light the blue light is keeping you up in the evening any shape way shape or form and then the blue light is waking you up in the morning you're going to have a sleep short uh, short sleep cycle so tricking yourself into having a blacked out room with no leds no light no nothing no light under the door it means that you can wake up slightly later and trick your body i guess that's biohacking into sleeping a little bit longer than it would have done naturally because you're being kept up unnaturally yeah sure and i think people don't realize that even just a tiny light from an alarm clock is enough to disrupt that um thing as well what you're saying there because to you know to make that melatonin effectively as well it comes back to gut health because we've got to methylate serotonin to have good levels of melatonin um and i know that's something you've um looked into yourself quite deeply as well in terms of your gut um what what have you had to do there to get yourself back to health? So gut is it's funny because when I first went to a functional medicine doctor years ago, and I had all these different things going on, she said to me, "Tim, it all comes from your gut." And I remember thinking, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got this going on. I've got that going on. This happening here. This happening there." And it's just like, "Yeah, sure. She doesn't know what she's talking about, but I'm gonna I'm gonna entertain her." And then you know, three or four years later, I was like, "Actually, she really knew her stuff." Because, yeah, everything does come back to the gut. If you think about it, our gut determines what nutrients or whatever goes into our body. Okay, it determines what goes into our body. What goes into our body determines how our body operates. So, therefore, if the gut isn't absorbing what you need in for whatever reason, then it's not going to perform correctly. And um, that's why oral health is so important because it's the entryway to our body. 
And if that's not correct, the rest of it's not going to be correct. And if we're killing off the bacteria, which is the last part of the digestive process, um, then we're not going to get the nutrients from the food the same as well. But there's also obviously the enzymes from our stomach, um, mouth and pancreas that, um, that help digest food, which are the earlier part of the digestive process. So if we're not chewing our food properly and we're not got food that is organic or high in nutrients, we're going to be deficient because we're not going to digest them and get the nutrients from our food. So really um, optimizing the enzymes, optimizing the bacteria, um, and um, supporting your liver with uh, bitters, for instance. I use Quicksilver bitters. Number nine for females, it should be bitters X because um, there's an extra one in there. And um, that really helps wash out the top of the digestive tract as well. So when people say they have SIBO, for instance, now I bloat quite high up. They say, okay, well, that's because there's bacteria in an area that should be sterile in the gut which tells me that the liver isn't producing the right bile to wash that out properly and digest the rubbish and move it down. So instead of trying to kill off SIBO, looking at supporting the liver so it does its job properly by having bitters helps clean out the top of the digestive tract, which then filters down all the way through. Um, so again, optimizing the gut for bacteria, for enzymes, um, supporting your liver really helps digest and bring all the nutrients in to help the rest of the body fix and the immune system do its job properly. So that's why it's so important. And yeah. Yeah, sure. And then you're getting the most out of your food. In terms of kind of moving then onto the body, um, kind of away from the brain, you've mentioned the minerals a few times. I know that affects the brain as well. And this is an area that I think um, you're very, very knowledgeable on. Now, there's so many areas you're knowledgeable on, but I zone in a bit on minerals because you know so much about it. And I think people really underestimate this. Um, and are constantly feeling that they need to hydrate themselves and drink more water, whereas in reality, um, it's about remineralizing the content of that. Can you share what people can do in terms of getting good quality hydration in um, and the minerals they need? Mm. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, in terms of drinking water, people think drinking water is going to hydrate them. I'm thirsty, let's drink some water. Well, what we don't think is why do we need to drink water well there's there's several reasons the two main are one to flush out toxins which is the water that carries the rubbish out through our uh, kidneys and urinary system but there's also to help the blood be liquid and to help move minerals and nutrients around the blood to fuel the body minerals being our electrolytes we are an electrical creature and without wires in us we wouldn't work, our nerves wouldn't work, nothing. So we wouldn't have energy. So if you have brain fog, it can either be through lack of oxygen, it can be lack of electrolytes, it can be our electrical system is absolutely struggling. So a lot of people that actually have chronic fatigue, in my opinion, are actually dehydrated. And when you look on a cellular level to see what people have in their cells, they're often deficient. And by adding in a really high quality mineral supplement, and I mean not just you know magnesium or potassium or whatever on their own, or three or four of them, having a full spectrum one such as uh, Kinton Hydration or Totem Sport or one Quicksilver Scientific to sachet that has 78 minerals as well as some live enzymes in it, which helps the cells take it up. And a lot of people find that their life turns around very quickly when they're actually hydrated on a mineral level. So if you're thirsty and you drink a glass of water, then you're getting some minerals. If it's tap water, a lot less. If it's filtered water, less as well. 
but you'll drink more and more and more to try and get more and more and more minerals, which means you'll pee more and more and more, flushing out more and more of your blood, the, the minerals in your blood. Opposed to adding in a good mineral supplement will actually give you the minerals that you need, as well as some water, which means you don't have to drink so much water to, be quen to have your thirst quenched, meaning you can drink less water, you'll pee less, and it breaks the cycle. So how many people do you see now walking around with a bottle of water in their hand or a massive great um, metal bottle that they brought from, you know, kind of organic whole foods or something or other, because it's the, the trend to do it. The water industry knows it's about consumption. They are there to make money selling water, consume, 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 opposed to sticking our face in a stream and drinking once or twice a day, which is high in mineral content. So really by making, to, to get that correct, really does change a lot of things with health and mental clarity, et cetera, et cetera. So to touch on, to go back a little bit, is if you have got gut issues, bloating, or you're not eating the best food in the world, and you're not digesting your food properly, or you're having low quality food with, low quality, with not many minerals in it because it's too farmed and not rotated crop and whatnot, you're not going to get as many minerals from your food as you should, which means you'll be de de dehydrated from your food which is why we get a lot, we actually get a lot of minerals and hydration from our food generally, but if it's, that's not working, you're not going to. A quick way to, to um, speed up the process is to supplement with something like one of those mineral supplements I mentioned, because that means you don't have to get it from your food so quickly, which means your body performs better before you fix your gut, and then you can fix your gut. So yeah, that's why I consider sleep to be fundamental, number one, and uh, hydration to be number two. And, and gut optimization, even though it's a massive important thing, um, it doesn't fit into the top five fundamentals for me, along with diet, because um, because you've got to get this right before you can fix the other thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you can't live very long without water. Let's face it. Um, but I mean, things like totem sport, they are. Um, <laughs> I remember having some extremely salty, quite um, difficult initially for someone to actually kind of take, I think. It's very um, difficult <laughs> to get it down. Um, is that something, do you take these daily? Um, do you regularly test your minerals? I know you test a lot of um, parameters, but for someone who's thinking about taking these things, what would you advise in terms of how would they know that they had a mineral deficiency without testing? Are there symptoms um, that, you, that would stand out? And what testing would you suggest they do? Um, well, the standard blood tests uh, do look for um, your sodium, potassium and whatnot levels on a standard full blood count, but it doesn't necessarily tell you what's intercellular and what you're actually deficient of. I mean, I think I heard a statistic a while ago that by the time we're 70, we're 30% dehydrated or 40% dehydrated from the inside out in terms of water content and minerals. Well, how are we supposed to perform? No wonder we get older, baggy skin and, you know, don't look so young as we're dehydrated and minerals being so important. Um, so um, with Totem Sport, I, to start with, I had one session in the morning, one in the evening, which I noticed a massive uptake, actually. It's, it's incredible. I, I think it's probably my most talked about thing of all alongside Blue Blockers, um, just because it's such a, such a big win. Um, so yeah, one in the evening, one before bed, and then you know drink a liter and a bit during the day, and, and that's it. Opposed to drinking more and more and more and more and more and peeing more and more and more and more. 
Yeah, it's great to cycle. I expect quite a lot of people listening to this going, oh my God, that's me. You know, I never used to drink this much and I seem to need so much more now. I'll break the cycle, change it. You know, there are, Totem is, you know, has got a certain price tag to it, but I think giving it a try for a month, it's really worth it because it will save you much more than that in water um, and in aggro and time running to the bathroom all the time, etc. Um, so yeah, so there, there are a couple of other brands out there as well. And, um, but Totem is my go-to because they come in a nice sachet that I can take with me traveling without, you know, the glass file breaking. Yeah, they're very easy, aren't they? You just kind of squeeze them in from a kind of pouch. Um, have you done any like mineral testing through your hair? Um, I know you talked about intracellular, but yeah, so there's, there's two tests. Sorry, I didn't answer that one well. Um, Number one is the intercellular testing, which is the NutriEval from Genova Labs. So that looks at your body on a cellular level. Uh, it looks at what's in the cell that shouldn't be, like mercury or arsenic or whatever, whatever, and what isn't in the cell that should be, you know, such as various amino acids or um, minerals, etc. And so it's a very, very comprehensive test, actually. It's my favorite one of all. And Dr. Ted Akikosa and Dr. Scott Sher will be speaking about this specifically. For me, it's the future of health because looking at what building blocks aren't there and then putting them in is fundamental to making the body work correctly. So, um, so that's what I'd recommend. I've also done hair mineral analysis tests done from doctor's data lab, I think it is. And I think bio lab do one as well, which tells you about toxic elements and um, the uh, various minerals as well. And it's very common for people with mercury, high levels of mercury in their hair to have very low le levels of lithium obviously mercury and bipolar in my opinion are linked um, they have the saying mad as a hatter for bipolar disease uh, mad as a hatter sorry for mercury um, because the the hat industry used to use mercury in the lining of hats years ago and mad as a hatter bipolar um, and they seem to be lithium deficient and how do they help bipolar is using high dose lithium so you can look on what things you're deficient of from hair test and it's not always correct because it could be that you're excreting loads of something so for instance excreting loads of lithium showing that you're high in your hair test but actually you're excreting so much you're actually deficient or it could be that you're actually correct levels and you're excreting the correct levels of what you've got so it shows that you have got the correct level so it, you've got to be very careful and you've got to learn to uh, interpret the hair mineral analysis tests not just look at it like a lot of standard practitioners do and go oh yeah you're deficient in lithium because it's showing you're deficient in lithium in your hair test you know it could be that you're holding on to it for whatever reason like you're a magnet um, which again in my my opinion mercury can do this so if you've had metal fillings or if you've eaten a lot of tin tuna or whatnot um, then that's something definitely worth bearing in mind, especially if you're dehydrated generally and you can't seem to get your hydration right because mercury competes for the cell and stops other things getting in there. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's very complicated, int intricate set of things to really get into. But on a basic level, a hair mineral analysis test is a great start. Uh, yeah. I think hair mineral is good insofar as if people don't have a big budget. Because I know when I do NutraVal, <laughs> With my own clients, obviously, it's, it's significantly more expensive mm. um, than than a hair mineral. Did you? Is is mercury something that you had to deal with mm. in terms of yeah, it is, yeah. Um, your yourself? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah, it's a big part. I spent about three, four. Uh, actually, the whole journey, I've been reading continually about mercury toxicity and the effects it has on the body, um, and um, <clears throat> it's been a big part of my journey. I think for my immune issues, I think it's a silent, a silent thing, but 
is underrated at the moment. Um, it seems to be something that keeps on coming back, um, back around as a discussion point for more and more people at the moment as well. Yeah, sure. Um, and um, you mentioned there, obviously, people have mercury in their mouth. Well, some people, I guess, if they've had fillings, um, do. With um, In terms of lifestyle now, because I know you speak of um, mimicking a natural world in an unnatural environment, for people that um, don't live kind of outside in the in the countryside or by the coast and live in cities, um, what are the best things that they can do? I think it's significantly harder for them to get access to as much light. And also there's, as you say, there's um, toxicity in terms of the air that they're breathing. Um, so for somebody that is living in a city, what would, or perhaps commuting each day, what would be the things apart from the ones we've already spoken about in terms of hydration and sleep um, that you think they should be hitting to offset some of that? That's perfect. I mean, that's what biohacking is all about. Like someone, um, Dr. Jack Cruz, um, said the real health optimization is nature. And he kind of misses the point with that because not everyone lives in nature in a farm in the middle of nowhere like him and has everyone come to him. Not everyone has that luxury. You know, they've got a high powered job in London or they need to be near to London or they need to be with family and you know, they can't necessarily change things. You know, how many people are out there that have got families that they need to be near for schools and things and yet can't move out of the city and can't move to a farm. So I think biohacking or, and health optimization biohacking specifically is about how can we mimic nature in an unnatural world, as you say. <clears throat> and it's about figuring out what things that we can do to minimize that. So people say to me often, Tim, you live in the center of London. You're crazy because the air is bad for instance, I say, yeah, yeah, you're right. And what do I do to minimize that? So obviously hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which is known to reduce carbon monoxide levels in the blood, is one thing that I've done a lot. Um, I make sure I block out the blue light in the evening um, after sunset. <clears throat> and um, I use grounding bed sheets. I use a grounding mouse mat you know, because I can't connect with the earth all the time. If I don't get a lot of sunlight, I use the balcony here to um, get natural sunlight on me and actually ground out uh, because the balcony is earthed out. You know, blackout blinds to stop the city blue light coming in, etc., etc., etc. So really it's using whatever I can technology-wise to reverse technology wherever possible, as you say. And there's a whole host of different things. For me, again, another one is as simple as living near Borough Market where I can go to Borough Market and pick up, you know, organic natural food from around the country, you know, within four or five minutes walk because I haven't got a farm near me. You know, I don't have to use one of the online shopping stores or, or Tesco's around the corner, which I, I do from time to time. But the point is, is what can I do to mimic, uh, minimize, you know, um, the city life while still enjoying the city life? And that's what I do. Yeah. And I think you do that very well, actually. I must say, I love, um, looking on your Insta because I see your posts um, of things you've picked up even kind of you know raw butter and things from Borough Market and I think you're always showing people what they can do um, so yeah that's at Tim Biohacker isn't it that's how people can find you on Instagram um, before we leave you've shared so much there um, what's the kind of guiding principle or, or mantra that you hold for life good question it sounds like a cliche, but you've got to do what you love. And to do what you love, you've got to be healthy. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's kind of chicken and egg. But for a lot of people, they go, well, I can't get out of the job that I'm doing and I haven't got enough money to get past, you know, 
are you spending, you know, you're spending hundreds of pounds a month on cigarettes or are you spending, you know, money on rubbish food, you know, change one little thing at a time and build up to it, have a plan for, for getting out of the city or, or starting your own business or whatever. So if you do what you love, then everything else follows. Money becomes irrelevant if you're, if you're doing what you love, you know, it really does. It's like imagine if you're like, for instance, for me, I, I got ill. I was in digital marketing and um, I decided at one point my health wasn't getting better enough and so I wanted to get into the health space and I started the meetup group in London and, um, and um, basically like how I was spending a lot of money, an awful lot of money on month, a month on supplements and this and that and the other. So like, well, I want to be healthy. I want to be in multiple countries around the world. I don't want to spend all my savings on all this cool stuff to get my health back. So I well actually I want to be in the health space, and um, and it took a wake up call. I actually had a seizure one night, um, unfortunately of some description, um, to make me realise that you know life is too short, and I can keep on kidding myself and stay in my marketing agency, and do to please others all the time, where I can go. Well, actually, this is a chance to to live differently. So I did. I built the summit in the mindset that I will do what I love, and now. Um, people call me an influencer's influencer and people reach out to me and offer the things that I like to use for free um, because then I get to talk about them from a place of knowledge and I get to speak to cool people such as yourself on podcasts and share some of this knowledge and spread awareness around it I get to be in multiple countries around the world hanging out with friends or at conferences or you know being on a beach grounding (laughs) testing to see what my variable heart rate does money becomes irrelevant to some extent you do need some obviously to put a roof over your head and to feed yourself with good food um but it becomes less relevant opposed to i'm in a 16 to 18 hour job every day i'm eating convenient food that's high priced i'm getting sicker and sicker and sicker and i'm not getting a chance to enjoy the money that i'm earning and how much money goes into that daily life of just running the rat race um you're, you know, I've cut my bills threefold <laughs> by changing that and I have a better life for it as well. So money becomes less relevant, doesn't mean it becomes irrelevant. So my answer is do what you love because that's why. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And I think um, I probably am not going to quote this exactly correctly, but I think it's the Dalai Lama that says man um, sacrifices his health to create wealth. And then ultimately, towards the end of your life, sacrifices your wealth to try and get your health back. And it's so difficult to get it back. So prevention, as you say, really is the answer. The smartest people I find I meet on this journey are the ones that are into preventative, which is where the future will be. There'll be, there'll be chronic illness will be preventative health. Emergency care will be emergency care because it's freaking awesome and it works. You know, break your leg or have something emergency like you cannot fault it. You can't. It's amazing but chronic is preventative health and that's really where i'm i'm looking at improving and bringing everyone together and saying you know medical community or biohacking community uh, fitness community we're all smart people let's use all this to sort the chronic piece out and then you know and um, keep the keep the emergency care exactly where it is i mean it's so important and this is these are the two halves of it so i think <clears throat> i completely agree and the future is preventative and the smartest people i meet are into preventative and a lot of the people are in at the moment to clear up the health issues because they went into preventative, such as yourself and me. Yeah, um, exactly. But we're now fueling the people to get to that preventative, yeah. Yeah, definitely, very much so. And I think you're doing that so well. I mean, I was so excited. I came to one of the meetups 
um, a month or so ago in London, and that is growing strength to strength um, in terms of the London, Bi London Biohacking Group. Um, how can people join that? Um, is there still space? Because I know that it's getting bigger and bigger. Um, Twelve or thirteen hundred people now. Um, I had expected it just to be five to ten friends, <laughs> but it grew and grew and grew. And when I labelled it health optimization and biohacker, then it grew. You know, it doubled basically now. Um, so that's on the Meetup website, meetup.com, Biohacker London. Uh, that's yeah, you can join in. There's a meetup every four to six weeks on a different topic. There's one on the 1st of September and that is just going to be a QA with me and any specialists in the audience that want to help people with, you know, any biohacks or any feedback for that. And just to hang out and chill out and have some bio, uh, bulletproof coffee together. Um, so that's, that's how they can follow that group. Obviously there's the health optimization summit I'm working on as well, which is kind of a big deal for me because it's taking up every waking moment of my life and, everything that I've got and my team around the world and I'm very lucky to have you know the most solid partners on the planet for it in you know paleo effects and bulletproof upgrade labs um, as well as talking to people like London Real and Mind Valley and all these guys and trying to get everyone in the same room which is you know this is where I'm you know I'm trying to pull everyone together and go look guys let's wake up let's do this together um, type thing so that's where we are and that, very, very that's good. on the 14th and 15th of September isn't it I'm super that's right yeah right. yeah yeah Central London, yeah. Central London. When I when I looked at the agenda that you released a week ago, I know that I was having very big pro trouble trying to choose between the main sessions and the breakouts because I think mm -hmm. it's going to be such an epic um, few days. If I could do it again, I would have a third day, but unfortunately London is an expensive place and it's very expensive um, putting this thing on. I mean, it's... it's, it's it, I'm, trying to build something incredible and I'm not expecting it to make money um, as a lot of events don't. But if I could do something again, I would probably have less speakers and more days to have more gaps in between. And um, because I myself and from a, uh, I guess a selfish point of view, trying to be map out the speakers on their schedules so that I can be in the ones I want to be in. But there's, you know, there's a lot, but there's also a lot of really good exhibitors and brands and friends from around the world going to be there, which I'm really, really excited about. I don't know how I'm going to manage my time with the amount of interviews and everything going on as well. Yeah, Tim has um, very, and his team at the Health Optimization Summit has very kindly given listeners of this podcast 20% um, off. I know the tickets are going very quickly now um, with it being um, a short time away, but if you go to, bit.ly and I'll link to all this in the show notes but if you go to bit.ly forward slash optimize health um, you can get 20% off the standard price there so thank you so much for that Tim um, I don't think people want to miss it it's the first event hopefully the first of more to come um, if you're not too exhausted by the end of this <laughs> I'm going I'm to take three months off I've got to be honest um, yeah. I'm going to be on the beach in the south of Spain or something or other just you know just writing working chilling out um, and hopefully working on my book, which might be on hydration. Yeah, so you're writing a book at the moment, or about to start? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've outlined it. Okay, amazing. Could you share anything about that yet, or? No, because no one else knows about it yet, except for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, more to come on that. But I think that's the thing as well, isn't it? Is people have to realize if you're working really hard, is to actually get that time off and that holiday. And there's no better way to get the grounding and the light and everything that you need um, than kind of hanging out on the beach. Um, 
So with that, I yes. will link. Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, if people want to keep up to date with the the, the latest biohacks, all the crazy stuff I get up to. I'm Tim Biohacker on Instagram. I, I, I share my journey and document it as a diary. And then I find that a lot of people are saving a lot of the images where there's, like, for instance, uh, the most popular post I ever did was one on uh, jet lag uh, hacking and 16 different things that I did, you know, even down to essential oils on my, on my nose to stop getting colds and things in the airline I use and the reason why and everything. So like, it's great to keep up to date on there. People tell me because it gives them tips along the way, drip feeds them information so they learn compounded knowledge over a period of time. So I like to do that. And I've just started a YouTube channel. I'm going to start a podcast series, you know, hopefully in the next six months, depending on my workload. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So YouTube, what's the, I will link to all of this in the show notes. What's the YouTube um, channel? Where can people find you there? Um, it's so new. I've got four videos up. I don't know the URL, so I can't share it. But we'll stick it in the show notes. We'll, we'll stick it in the show notes. And as I've already mentioned, your Instagram feed is amazing. What I love is the way, you, as you say, you share your journey. And sometimes the post will be over, say, a series of five days with like day one, do this. And I just think it's amazing that you actually take some of your valuable time, which I know is very, very minimal at the moment with everything you have to put that out there. So thank you. Thank you for saying so. Thanks so much for coming on. I'll link to everything we've discussed in the show notes and um, so great to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.